0: The Voice America Business Channel is brought to you by Intercall, the worldwide conferencing leader. Check out easy and reliable conferencing solutions at www.intercall.com forward slash radio.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.
0: Welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis.
2: Welcome to PR Insider. And this is so horrible, but I just want to tell you nobody cares about you and your message. That's the title of today's show, and we're trying to uh, pinpoint a light on, uh, on when, when clients get too, um, their britches get too big for their pants. I don't know what the term is. We don't wear britches anymore. Anyway, my guest today is Ryan Evans. He's founder and president of Rand Media Group. Um, he creates and manages custom online marketing programs for mid sized companies, and he, they also um, just founded a startup called Bite Size PR, and it's a PR service for small businesses. Um, so, Ryan, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me, Murray.
2: No worries. So, so let's start with the title, because I mean, I just couldn't resist when, when I asked you for talking points, and you sent me back this, nobody cares about you and your message, and I've, I've been in so many meetings with clients where I want to say to them, look, you're not that important and you're not that interesting so what what do you mean by that when you when you gave me that as a talking point
3: Sure. Well, you know, I think there's a temptation by businesses to think that immediately everyone cares about what they do. And that's pretty understandable given the fact that as a business owner, you put a lot of your thoughts and energies into developing your company, thinking about your name, thinking about what great service you're going to offer. And so it, it becomes inherent in yourself that. You think, wow, I care so much about this, everyone's going to care because it's it's a great idea or it's a great message, and it simply isn't true. Um, People uh, are bombarded with messages, um, especially in the United States. I mean, we're very sophisticated when it comes to filtering out messages, and we do that all the time. I mean, you see so many signs, and you see uh, so many stories and advertisements, and you hear so many things that we have a propensity to generally not care. And so that's kind of the, the starting point, I think, that business owners need to uh, think about, is that, okay, I've started this business, it has its obvious advantages, but people don't care. So then let's start there, and then let's build our message and, and try to work within that framework.
2: And, and, and then how do you make people care is the big challenge.
3: That's that's exactly right.
2: But what do you when you're in a meeting with someone and you're looking because <laughs> you, you said it so diplomatically? I mean, sure. I, I basically said I don't I don't give a S-H-I-T, You know, but, yeah. but you're you know you're you're in a meeting and you're looking diplomatically you know at someone and you want to say and they're going on and they're droning on and on about how fabulous and they're about their whole world and everything and it's a good idea. It's obviously someone you're interested in working with because you think right. you have, they have something to sell. But how do you relate that to them without them getting you know pissed off and walking out the door?
3: Uh, you do it diplomatically. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, you say you listen, and you listen to the things that they're saying, and listen to the the true aspects of their business that are that are uh, noticeable, that are remarkable, and you try to focus on that, and and you and you say, okay, let's reel it in a little bit, and, and what I try to do is is put people in the general public's uh, shoes, is to say, okay. Um, is this something, now think about this, like is this something, if you were at your computer, is this something that if you saw, you would care? I mean, really think about that. And, you know, you try to go through that exercise and you think about, okay, what are the other things uh, that you pay attention to? What are the other things that you care about? And then you try to kind of Tease out things from that that are relatable to the business, and say, okay, let's let's start there. You know, what what is noticeable? What is it that you're talking about? What is it that you hear your friends talking about? What is it that you know makes an interesting story to you? And you you try to start there. And and if you you know, a lot of times people come up with something that's you know pretty mundane or pretty, you know, uninteresting. Hey, we uh, you know, leased a new floor in our office building. Right. Okay. Right, we want to send out uh, a press release. For right. the media. <laughs> to a press release. <laughs> okay. Well, think about and that, you know, you just kind of you, you kind of turn it around and say, um, would you care if you saw that? in the the news you'd say no this is a non-story you wouldn't even it wouldn't even register in your brain as being news it would just be space that you'd skip so we try to start there and, and you know try to gently you know uh move people into thinking that way and you know generally if they're they're talking to you they understand that you know they need help in in this area so it's it's not a huge stretch. So
2: it's a psychological exercise, basically, that you have to take them through and have them step out of their their world, their small world that they created while they were working so hard on their project. So when you um you founded uh, Rand Media Group, uh, what made you found Rand Media, and where did you come from before that?
3: Sure. So okay. I actually have a finance background. Um, I I studied finance in school. I did that uh, as a career. I did some commercial real estate lending, I did some investment banking, um, and I started there. Um, it was it's very exciting. rare, you
2: know. I mean, most of my guests, I would say, I don't think I've ever had someone who's a marketing person who has a finance background.
3: Well, that's that's good. I mean, I I, I enjoyed the industry. Um, the, the, the people were good. Uh, I found it to be um, a little bit mechanical after a while in that, you know, you're, you're kind of Running through the same motions all the time, and there certainly is creativity, but not to the degree at which you can use your creative uh, juices in marketing. Um, So it wasn't a a great fit for me. I I liked it. I didn't really intend to be in the marketing field. Uh, I I started doing a little bit of consulting outside of the corporate world, and I thought, well, you know, I'll just continue doing the financial uh, stuff and. I came across a project where there was a online marketing component, and I took it on, sort of not knowing exactly what I was doing, frankly. <laughs> uh, and I oh, went, I've
2: never done that. What do you think? Yeah.
3: So, you know, I, I went ahead with it. Uh, I, I sort of said, yeah, you know, I can do that, and I uh, freaked myself out a little bit, and then, you know, tried to compensate for my lack of experience by learning and by delivering more than what I said I was going to, and I really enjoyed the process. I enjoyed the project, I enjoyed the client, I enjoyed the process it was really good. Uh, the client referred me to uh, a few other clients, and um you know a year later, I was like, Well, this is actually kind of a business now, so that's how it started, and you know we've uh, we've grown in that in that way, so it's been good.
1: Your,
2: I love your website. It's one of the better ones I've seen. Uh, I love those. You know, I, I always look at them thinking, you know, oh my God, mine, mine needs to be good like that. But oh, thank you. So to the point, you know, and it's um, it's so uncluttered, and it's you know, here's what we do, and da 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 da. So what? Just give it to me in a nutshell. When you say to someone, when someone says to you, what do you do? What is it? What is sure. uh, Rand Media Group?
3: Yeah. So when someone says, "What do you do?" We say we are a outsourced online marketing company. So if you want to market online and you don't want to handle all the tactics and think about the strategy, we can execute the entire piece for it. We don't don't do any print. We don't do any kind of other marketing other than online marketing. And that encompasses a lot of different things, but that's our focus.
2: So let's let's take it. What it, what are, what are the things that it? Uh, I mean, I, I know on your website you have um, search engine optimization, pay-per-click sure. advertising, social. So let's go through them and, and let's describe um, what each sure. one is and how it works.
3: Sure. So one of the things that we do um, is is design and development. Okay. So if you don't have a site or your site isn't uh, that great. Uh, we can design a site and develop it. And, and now we do not focus on any back end applications usually. It's more of a um, again, all of our our goal is to market the company. So we don't do you know, database work or back end applications, but we do marketing sites. Um so we can do the design and development. Um and on that, we can also do you know the copywriting and, and and think about you know what kind of content you want to have on the site. Uh, so that's that's one thing that we do. Um, now, the reason that we do all these different services is because you usually can't do one really well in a vacuum. So to take design and development for example, uh, it's very difficult to design a site that communicates the correct message without getting into copy, without talking about the words on the page. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also hard to do copy without doing the design because those things kind of go hand in hand. So we typically like to do both of those.
2: Uh And that includes logo and all that stuff, right?
3: Yes, yes. So we can do the logo, we can do the general site design, we can do the content on the page.
2: And brand Uh, development too with that? Well, oh, I'm sorry. Brand development, br- developing sort of their brand, or they you, people come to you and their their brand is already secure.
3: Their brand is typically secure. We usually work with companies that have, have been around a while, but we c- we can help them with it. But it's not. I wouldn't say that our our core strength is. Uh, hey, let us develop your your brand. It's more, what is your brand and how can we communicate that to the online world? Okay. Um, so, so now. As we started doing sites and we started developing the content, the, as you know, content is no longer static, okay? So you can have uh, a website and it just is a sort of a brochure type site, but more and more it's important to continuously get your message in front of people, otherwise you're going to get lost in the shuffle. And so that encompasses um, usually a blog or doing some sort of social media component. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the ability to do both of those as well. So we can do the site. Um, make it pretty. Make it communicate the the proper message, and then we can say, okay, let's develop your content strategy, and we can execute that for you if you want. Um, clients don't always do that, but uh, in a lot of cases they do. And so, in that case, we would actually be writing blog posts, and we would be um, executing their social media strategy, so uh, doing Facebook and doing Twitter and that sort of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. And what did you do for our show today? <laughs>
3: Uh, So, so, yeah, we did, I tweeted out a a link to the show. Um, Let's see, what else? Oh, I did a Facebook uh, link on on that. We'll do a blog post Mm -hmm. after that, and then we'll also, you know, tweet it again, you know, and do another Facebook post and that sort of thing.
2: Now, do you find that clients come to you and they go, well, I can do that myself, or do you just find that clients are overwhelmed, or do you find both? I mean, what's the... Yeah,
3: there's a variety. I mean, some people say, what are you talking about? Some people say, "Um, yeah, I'm already doing that. And, you know, we don't, it it doesn't really matter to us. Uh uh, What we're finding, though, is that people are understanding that it's very, very difficult to keep up everything um, continuously. I mean, in fact, we have a hard time doing it internally. (laughs) So. I understand very much that you can't do it all. So if you break down everything and say, yeah, you know, I I agree, I need to do some blog posts, and if I did it once a week or once every other week, that would be great. And I need to be on Twitter probably every day, and I need to be engaging on Facebook, uh, and I need to go out on other people's uh, blogs and, you know, make insightful comments, and, you know, I need to send out an email update every now and then. And when you start adding all those things up, it becomes a huge time commitment. And um, it's very difficult for people to do all those things simultaneously consistently because yes. you have a business to run right. and you have other things to do you know you have people to hire you have other marketing to manage you have accounting and you have you know all those kind of issues so while people can do it and i don't i don't you know necessarily proclaim that there's a huge magic to some of the things that we do, as long as you're a uh, good writer or you kind of know the, the space that you're in. Right. Uh, there's you know not necessarily writing. a magic to it, but you can't do everything at once.
2: Exactly. Well, we're going to take a little break sure. um, and we're going to come back uh, with Ryan Evans, founder and president of uh, Rand Media Group. Check out their website. It's really cool. RandMediaGroup.com We'll be back. <music>
0: If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G.? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network
2: Welcome back again, and don't be shy. I know you're listening, so call us at 866-472-5790. We will not bite your head off, and we will not say nobody cares about you and your message. We will actually care. We'll give you one minute of caring. I'm on with Ryan Evans. He's founder and president of Rand Media Group. Welcome back again, Ryan. Thank you. So we were talking about Rand Media Group and and what you do, and we went over some some of the things, design and social media marketing and Um, and design includes content and web development. But um, let's talk about some of these other things your company offers. Um, Just give us a little bit with search engine optimization. Everyone's always talking about SEO and SMO and all this.
1: Sure.
3: Yeah, Yeah, so SEO is one of those things that um, we probably get, the most phone calls for, and is also probably the least understood of of the things that we do, um, and it's understandable. So SEO has evolved um, significantly from the early days, and SEO is search engine optimization. So the idea is ranking high in Google, predominantly. I mean. That's the that's the search engine most people care about and probably should care about for the foreseeable future, um, but the idea is to do things to rank better. Okay, and usually um, people think of SEO as somewhat of a technical exercise. They say, "I need an SEO person who can help me rank better for whatever words that they have in their head," and that's usually. Um, the starting point. The problem with that is is that while that used to be true, there used to be some sort of technical tricks that you could do uh, back in the old days. You could just put a bunch of words on a page or you could do sometimes hidden words or you could do a lot of different things that would help you rank for whatever you wanted and that was great. The problem is, uh, that doesn't work anymore. Um, Google has become more and more sophisticated because their uh, mission is to serve up the best search results. And the best search results aren't usually the people who just throw a bunch of words on a page. So they've done a lot of different things to um, identify the uh, good results for a certain search query. Um, So our strategy is, to say, okay, you want to rank number one for some phrase. And our response usually is, what is it about your site or your company that, a lot, that you think deserves to rank number one for that, that page or that, that phrase? And usually people don't think about it that way they say, oh, uh, well, gosh, I don't know, you know, this is like a bigger discussion, and yes, it is a bigger discussion, but that is how you do it, okay? So what we do is we think in those terms of say, okay, you want to rank for a certain phrase. Number one, let's take a look and see if people are actually looking for that phrase. Uh, number two, let's take a look at whether your competitors are ranking for that phrase and what they've done to to rank, okay? And Sometimes they aren't doing things very well or sometimes they're very entrenched and they have a lot of money and they're spending a lot of energy on those phrases and maybe it doesn't make sense for you to go after that. So we can do other things. Now, The our, our belief is different than some firms. Uh, our belief is that we want to actually try to provide the best content for that search query. And because Google's long-term objective is to serve the best results. So while you can, there are technical tricks that you can use to rank for phrases without having the best content, mm-hmm. uh, it's not something that we recommend because at some point Google is going to adjust their algorithm and take care of that sort of discrepancy, and that happens all the time. I mean, there was uh, a recent update uh, called the Panda Update, and then there's a, a subsequent subsequent one called the Quality Sites Update, where Google you know, shifted all around a lot of rankings, and that hurt a lot of people. Now, if you're following a strategy of trying to develop the best content, you don't have to worry about those um, temporary sort of adjustments as much because you know that your objectives and Google's objectives are lined up, and you should rank well over the long run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Wow. So, um, okay, so... You know, I think the the answer on this on something like this is that you really have to work with a company that knows what they're doing, because yeah. uh, that's that's an area where you really don't want to try this yourself. Do not do this at home.
3: Right. I mean, you know, there. It's. I, I don't want to, you know, lead people to believe that you have absolutely have to depend on an SEO expert because there are are things that people can do themselves. I mean, Google has a, a free keyword tool that people can uh, use and find out what search queries are are being done on Google. Um, and you can, you know, use your common sense to say, okay, if I were looking for this search phrase, what kind of content I want would I want? And if you write in that in that space, it will, it will help you. Now there are other things that you have to do. Um, one of the things, and this is where there's, a, I think, a lot of similarity with uh, PR. One of the things that you have to do is, in addition to writing content or creating content, you have to get links from relevant and uh, important sites. Okay, so if you get a link from the New York Times, um, that is a, a better link than from a smaller site or a, uh, let's say, a brand new blogger or something. The Google will look at the link from the New York Times and say, that's credible. Okay, so what's interesting about SEO is I do feel like it's has a lot of similarities with PR now because the question is, how do I get the New York Times to, to link to me? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a tough question <laughs> and you have to spend some time and you have to be creative and you're probably going to spend some money to figure out how to uh, get prominent websites to link to you because they're not just going to do it out of the kindness of their heart. You're going to have to do something noteworthy.
2: Right. Wow. This is Yeah, that's really interesting how the, the, the two fields are sort of fused into one. Absolutely. So, you, you um, say something on your, uh, well, on your talking points for me today. You said sure. free website traffic isn't free. Right. What do you mean by that?
3: Yeah, and this is along the same lines. Um, Anyone can create a website. Anyone can go out there and create a website and put content on the website. Um, Anyone can, you know, get on Twitter and and start tweeting. Mm -hmm. And doing that, is almost free. I mean, you can you can create a website uh, for free on uh, a lot of these, you know, you can create a WordPress site for free and put it out there, uh, and you can start writing, and that theoretically does not, it doesn't cost you any money. Um, but the chances of you getting traffic by doing that are very low. And this is, you know, one of the, the misconceptions that people have is they think, okay, well, Twitter is free, Facebook is free, uh, you know, WordPress is free, I should be able to get all this traffic for free. And you can, but the problem is is you're going to have to put a lot of thought and energy and time into creating something that people are going to want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for that is that everybody has a website now. Every business has a website. Right. You know, A lot of businesses are on Facebook. A lot of businesses are on uh, Twitter and a million other channels. So while it's free... Um, on a, on a certain level, your competitors and people you're competing against all have a voice and they're all putting out information. So, in order to get anything done that's meaningful, you're going to have to spend time and money in doing that. Right. Um, now, you can there are certain opportunities to carve out very, very small niches and you can do that on your own for free, theoretically. But again, it's going to take a lot of time. So, my take on that is you're, you're going to have to spend money on getting attention online because there's so many voices out there. You're just not going to be able to stand out unless you do that.
2: Right, right. So it's, it, it shouldn't be free. Um, now, also on your site, you have um, some other things that the company does, which is um, pay-per-click advertising. Sure. So what are your feelings on that?
3: Yeah, so pay-per-click advertising certainly isn't uh, something for everyone, but for some clients it works extraordinarily well. Um, This is where Google makes uh, a lion's share of their money, which is interesting. A lot of people don't know that. So on the right-hand side of a Google search result, and at the top you'll see their sponsored uh, ads, Mm -hmm. and people are paying to be there. And they, in order to be listed on the right or at the top for a certain search query, you have to bid on it, okay? So uh, let's say you're you're talking about used cars in LA, okay? Well, used cars in LA uh, is a phrase that multiple people are going to be bidding on, probably used car dealerships. So you can bid, say, 50 cents or $2 or $5 or whatever, and one of the factors that Google uses to determine the rank of those ads is the bid. So if you bid $5 and your competitor bids $3 on that phrase, you will likely show up higher. However, there's another aspect to that which is called quality score. So Google uses bid as one component and then this sort of somewhat magic box called quality score. And what quality score is is they're determining how relevant your ad is to the search query. and if you have an ad and a page that you direct people that is very relevant to their search query, Google will reward you with cheaper clicks relative to your competitors. Or another way to sort of look at it is you can actually outrank your competitors even though you didn't pay as much. So you might pay $2 and your competitor might pay $5 and you can actually show up higher if you have a better quality score. And some of the things in the quality score are having um, words that are similar to the search query, um, and there's a lot of other factors in it. But even Google even look at the page that you're sending them to and say, does this page really make sense for the search query? So, for example, if someone's bidding on used cars LA, and they send them to um, a...
2: Tire a, store.
3: Yeah, a tire store, that's not... Particularly relevant, Google will charge that that advertiser more money to even be in that space because they kind of don't belong there. Wow. The, re- the reason they do that is that Google wants people to click on those ads, and in order to continue to have people click on those ads, they have to keep the ads relevant too.
2: Wow. So, should advertising be the last resort? We have one minute yeah. before we go to break.
3: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I think that people. When they think of marketing, they usually think of advertising, Um, and advertising makes sense for some people in in a lot of situations, and if you want to get scale, a lot of times you have to advertise, but as a small or medium-sized business, it's not the place you need to start thinking. You need to start thinking about your message, you need to start thinking about what you have to say, and you need to think about how you can reach those people without advertising, because advertising... um, interruption advertising especially is filtered out by a lot of the general public.
2: And, you know, it's funny. Conversely, you know, I'm thinking because I I needed to hire a guy to to do my carpet. So I went on carpet cleaning in Los Angeles on, you know, on Google. Mm -hmm. And I decided, let me start with page 10. Instead of page one, so I clicked on page ten, and I found much cheaper guys on page ten because they didn't advertise. They're not out marketing. If if you're looking for a bargain, for example, used cars, you may want to go to page twenty-five. You might find the guy who doesn't have money to spend on marketing and then charges less. It's really funny. I like that All right, so we're gonna take a break, and we will be back again with our wonderful guest from Rand Media Group, the founder and president Ryan Evans. So uh, take, we'll take a break. We'll be right back.
1: You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideals and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Oh, 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 show
2: a you listen in uh, offices, so thanks. Thanks for um, not getting in trouble with your boss. Anyway, I'm on with Ryan Evans, founder and president of Rand Media Group. Really check out his website. I'm telling you, it's it's an awesome site, uh, randmediagroup.com. It makes a really nice uh, picture of what everyone's website should be like: nice and clean and right to the point. Welcome back again, Ryan. Thank you. So we were just, you know, kind of going through your website and and, and telling us what you do. So let's move on to um, website analytics. Is an arm of your business? Tell us what you sure. do with that.
3: Yeah, um, this is a super important thing uh, for people to do. Uh, No matter what online marketing uh, tactic you choose to try out, I I, I think the first thing that you need to do is understand website analytics. And and Google Analytics has a nice, uh, really easy tool that you can um, copy and paste a snippet of code on your website or send to your your web person, and uh, it will tell you all you ever wanted to know about your website and more. And this is really the beauty of online marketing and, and if you're, if you're not doing this, you're missing out on the, the huge, one of the huge advantages of online marketing and that is that you can track to an excruciating detail everything that's going on on your site. Okay, so you put in this code and you can tell uh, where people are coming from, what websites people are coming from. You can tell what search uh, queries they're using through Google or any other search engines to arrive at your site. You can, if you do pay per click advertising, you can see how well each ad performs. You can integrate that with AdWords and see, you know, how well a particular ad or a particular keyword or a particular landing page or anything is working. Um, And that's very important. So if you're trying a lot of different tactics, you want to see what is working. And so not only does it tell you where people are coming from, but it tells you how long they're on the site. It tells you what pages they click through. And you can also set up, if you're selling something on your site or if you're getting someone to fill out a form, uh, you can set up uh, what they call conversion funnels to track that whole process so that you can see it from the very first click onto your page all the way through to the point that they sent uh, a form or did some other action. So it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, and if you pick out sort of some, some key uh, metrics that are important to you, I highly recommend either a hiring someone to look at it or explain it to you, or b do it yourself and and brush up on that because it's it's very important.
2: Right, and it's I mean, people there there are web analytics geeks. I mean, there are people that just like love this stuff, and it's like it doesn't you know you're like. Who on a Tuesday, wearing red, you know, who went to this place first came? I mean, you can just get all kinds of details. But I also think that, and I want to get your opinion on this, that your analytics is not a constant, right? They're in flux, and they're not static, right? So you have to kind of do them every once in a while, correct?
3: Yeah, that's that's true. And for different businesses, they'll have different fluctuations. So if you have uh, a business that's seasonal, um your traffic will change not only every day but it will change significantly during the season so if you have a big holiday season your your traffic will look very different you know from summer to to winter and you know there's a lot of the the, the confusing part is how to look at that information how to understand how you're doing well um you know maybe for your business it's important to look at this year 's December versus last year 's December, whereas some people are looking at it on a monthly basis because their uh, their business isn 't seasonal and they 're looking at every single month or every single week or if you 're a really big company every single day and right. you 're looking at different you know tactics and how they played out with your with your traffic, but it is something that you need to monitor on a, on a fairly regular basis. How regular depends on the size of your business and the nature of what you're trying to do.
2: Right, right. I, I think you can you can get obsessed with it too, and that that can be dangerous. But yeah, there
3: yeah. there is a uh, I think a problem with certain people. I almost fall into this category. I try to keep myself out of it. Is that there? There is so much data to look at that you can really get lost in it, and you start looking at so many different things and right. compiling so many different uh, angles and you have to step back and say, now, wait a minute, is this really important or am I just yeah, getting dazzled <laughs> by up. the I chart? Know. The it gets addicting.
2: Have you gone have you uh, checked out you must know this clout.com k l o u yes. I mean that can become like you could become obsessed with yourself and your analytics yeah. and where you're standing and where
3: <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> yeah there there are all these different tools that it's it's tempting to to look at all of them and it, and I think that's a a good point too I mean you want to focus and be good at the things that it actually make an impact on your business because we can get lost in you know, clout scores and you know, Twitter grader and like all these other tools that you know, for some people may not be important at all in your business. And there are, there are things that you need to get good at uh, tracking and, and think about you know, maybe your clout score isn't that important. Now, for some businesses, it will be important, so it is important to, to look at. But if it's not, don't waste your time.
2: Okay. Um, uh, email marketing.
3: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Isn't uh,
2: the sexiest marketing tactic in the book? So what do you mean by that? And what it, do you think
3: yeah. Well, email marketing is. It's one of those things that. Um, if you listen to all the the blogs and and you listen to all the hot marketing tactics, and email marketing is very rarely mentioned um, because it's old, it's not super interesting. Uh, people don't generally like you know getting email solicitations in their inbox. The issue is is that email marketing still works really well. Um, Everyone has email. Everyone reads their email. And so it's still uh, a very viable channel, and it's a connection um, directly that you can get, you know, you can get a connection directly with your customers, and you can market a very tailored message. So what we do for our clients is, A, help them build up a email list if they don't have it, Uh, and that is becoming increasingly difficult, but we can certainly do that. Think of ways to get people to sign up to your email because, as everyone should know, you can't spam people. We highly discourage people from trying to buy lists or do anything like that because um, they just don't work and they can cause other, other problems. But So we help people think of ways to organically build their email list. And then, again, just like analytics, there are a lot of tools that you can use to segment your list, and to send very specific messages to very specific people at certain times uh, so we can do that. And we do some integration on uh, whatever sort of system people have, we can do that as well. But email marketing is um, a good tactic.
2: Right, and I think, uh, you know, you had brought up one of these um, talking points, and you said, why you should try to reach fewer people. And, and, right. and I want you to explain that, but also I think it, perta- it pertains to what we're discussing with email sure, marketing.
3: Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I think that the way that advertising used to be done is how do we reach the, the biggest number of people for the least amount of money? And, and that was kind of the name of the game. Um, now I think that the name of the game is how do we reach the people who really, really, really care about what we have to say? Okay. And that is a, a much more efficient way to spend your marketing dollars rather than saying, okay, how can I spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in reaching as many people? It's, it, I almost do the exercise with people sometimes of saying, okay, think of 10. Think of 10 people who really will care uh, about what you have to say. And, and then think about how to reach them, how to interact with them, how to get them to continue to care about you, how to get them to talk about you. That's really where you want to start, and that's how you want to think about this. Because um, you know, mass marketing is becoming more difficult online. People are having um, uh, you know a, a, a wide array of choices now, and you want to think about the people who care the most, not the most people.
2: It's better to have a list of uh, ten people who are influencers and could really uh, impact you, than a thousand people who are going to throw your email out in two seconds and not look
3: exactly out. right. That's
2: and you're going to exactly spend all that time, you know, fielding, it. and then you get a bad reputation, also, right? I mean, it's, uh, you're known as a spammer, and right. yeah, it's, and that's part of uh, branding and your 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 image. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
2: Um, Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah,
3: no, I, I just, you know, the the nature of our communications now is so much more viral that I, I think that you're exactly right. You know, reaching the 10 people who are influencers is, is way more important than reaching a million people who don't care at all. You know, um, and because... Um, not only would, are those people likely to buy your product or service, but they're also much, much more likely to become a fan of yours, um, both in the literal and, and figurative sense, and spread your message and tell other people, you know, uh, that you're the best thing in the world.
2: Right. And, and um, so this sort of gets into something else that we wanted to discuss, which is... Um is sort of the future of all of this is social you know that mm-hmm. of, of email marketing and search engine optimization and it's all kind of moving social what do you what's your take on that yeah
3: well i mean even if you if you think about google I and mean, one of the key things that they use to determine what sites rank the best is it, are links to that site okay and links are almost an old form of social media, because it people forget that the people who make links are actual human beings. It's mm-hmm. not you know necessarily a computer. It's a human being that decides that this is actually important or noteworthy. Um, now, one thing about Google that they don't do particularly well is they don't tell you um, how important is this search result relative or in context to the social creatures that we are, okay? So for example, if I wanted to look for um, the best movie, Right now, if I typed in best movie uh, right now, um, I would get very random results. However, if I went out and asked my friends, um, hey, you know, what's a good movie? What should I see? Uh They're going to give me a much, much better result because they know who I am. They know what kind of movies I like. They know, you know, just generally what kind of person I am. So I I think that you're going to see marketing. Move that way, and even even search engines, even Google, they're starting to incorporate, uh, you know, Twitter links into their um, their search results, and that's going to be the future. Um, marketing is going to be a very personal experience, and right. you have to start thinking that way.
2: Right, right, and and it's funny because web websites like Netflix or Rotten Tomatoes, you were ta- you brought up movies, isn't? Mm-hmm. It? Uh, Are becoming that Netflix knows what you like and has people referring and people who have your taste, Mm -hmm. and and, you know if you liked X, Y, Z movie, then it's going to refer, and it's kind of fun. And and, uh, I think Pandora works that way, the music uh, website, and uh, you know uh, Netflix, Rotten Tomatoes, all those kind of sites are using those tools. And I think a lot of stuff is going to move, and that's really it's really kind of scary, weird and yet great because then you're not going to get inundated by spammers, you're going to mm-hmm. get more personalized stuff that really works for you. So there's
1: Absolutely. no way to hide
2: anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and people people who think they're hiding from all this are, you know, they're 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 tagged on somebody's Facebook page and it's all over. That's right. <laughs> anyway, sure. we're going to um take another break and when we come back, we're going to talk about I want to talk about your um bite-sized PR and what made you start that and what you know, what you have uh, planned for that and and also for Rand Media and who some of your clients are and we'll, and how it works in your business. So we'll come back Great. after a break. And there's my music. My nephew wrote that music by the way.
3: Great. <laughs>
1: Thank you for staying
2: tuned in. Hope you got your coffee on the coffee break, and we're back with Ryan Evans, founder and president of Rand Media Group. And um, we're we're just you know trying to learn about Rand because uh, it's such a specific business. It's you know internet marketing, and they do it all pretty much. Um, and uh, Ryan, tell me about the types of clients that you that Rand represents and. How how the how the, your business uh, financials break down in terms of uh, how you charge for fees and how all that works.
3: Sure. So we have a, a variety of different industries. Um, we do business services. We do uh, consumer services. Um, we have a, a few clients in the luxury travel space. Um, the client that we're typically a good fit for are people who are looking to get leads or generate significant attention online. Um, so uh, that's kind of our that's our breakdown. Now, the way that we structure our fees is that we have a, a monthly retainer um, that clients pay us for. Now, we can do one-off uh, design and development if needed, but typically we do the online marketing portion of what they're looking to do, and that's, uh, we have a retainer for that, and that ranges based on the, the client's needs, um, not everyone needs all of our services, so we can kind of break that out, and uh, we try to do a, we put together a custom plan, and we charge them, you know, accordingly.
2: Right. and luxury travel do you get any side trucks sure.
3: on that <laughs> you know what's funny about that is at, I I, have, I get a lot of offers and people are very very gracious for that and uh, my wife and I have 10 month old twins so it's wow. it's one of those things that I literally have to turn down these beautiful beautiful places to stay uh, because I we just can't we're not going anywhere for a while
1: <laughs>
2: well can you you know can you rack them up say?
3: yeah I'm trying to trying to keep those things Favors—it's a little extra motivation to uh, to perform uh, yeah, big, well, so that uh, so the people like, are even more gracious with their offers.
2: Right, or or, they, or it's a luxury place that has you know fantastic babysitting camp. <laughs> exactly,
3: exactly. <laughs>
2: They're almost ready. Oh wow, ten year old twin, a ten month old twin—you got your hands yeah. full.
3: Definitely.
2: So that's well, that's congratulations on that. Thank you. Um,
3: Thank
2: you. you. started Bite Size PR. It's it's a relatively new enterprise for you. Um, sure. The, can you give us a website again?
3: Yeah, the website is bite size dot com.
2: Very cute logo, too.
3: I love it.
2: with the Thank, you. There. Thank um, you. What is
3: the point of this, and why did it get started? Yeah, so PR kind of grew out of Rand Media Group um, because it's one of those things that we started to do for our clients, and we thought, you know, if this works for a little bit larger clients, um, we think that this also could work for uh, small businesses. And the premise is essentially this. Um, Everyone is the media right now, okay and it's it, it's increasingly true. Um, everyone has a blog, everyone you know has a podcast or you know um, a radio show for example so the the number of media outlets is absolutely exploding, mm-hmm. and the challenge is connecting with those media outlets in in an efficient way. So for people who are familiar with HARO, com, right. right. they did a nice job in addressing that. Okay. He was a guest
2: on my show, Peter Shankman. Was oh, great. There. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, um, so they did a nice job of addressing that. What we're trying to do is be an efficient matchmaker for uh, smaller clients who are looking to get exposure and also for uh, media outlets who are looking for quality guests or experts or for good quotes, and and that's that's essentially what we're doing. So the crux of our service is we monitor those story requests and expert requests. So leveraging things like HARO and Reporter Connection and a few other sources, we watch for requests like saying, "Hey, you know, we want a um, we want a PR expert." you know, on our show, uh, that I'd say, hey, that's great. You know, Maureen signed up for our service. Then we actually write a response directly to the person requesting it and say, hey, my name is Maureen, and I'm great for this show because of X, Y, and Z. And we send that response either to uh, our client or directly to the source.
2: Right. So people. So I would like you have, the, you have the price right up on the website. It's sure. $89 per month. Mm -hmm. and they get 30 days for free. Yep. And so when you say you pitch the press, are you pitching just for uh, things like Harrow, or are you pitching directly to media based on that you
3: Most of what we're doing is is on HARO and on Reporter Connection and on a few other sources. Yeah. Um, so I like to call it kind of like the first inbound PR company, if you will. We're not necessarily, so we're not a full-service PR firm. We're not, you know, developing connections and, and, and that sort of thing. We're not, you know, cozying up to gatekeepers to to, to get you in, you know, with the Wall Street Journal. What we're doing is monitoring people who are looking for your story, who are looking for you already and we're just connecting it with them. We're just saying, hey, you know, I'm a great fit for this. This is perfect. And and that's the scope of what we're trying to do.
2: Right. And so and so not uh, you cannot guaranteeing anything but uh, no. but chances are they're gonna get a few things and it'll help them for the few months. So the point of your this business is you've got to get a lot of you got to get a lot of uh, of clients to make it work, right? You have to have that's a lot of exa- yeah. It's a
3: very different business model. Um, we need, you know, I mean, our, our our goal is to have a few thousand uh, clients for this um, uh-huh. because that's really what it takes to make it a sustainable business. But I think we can get there.
2: Good. Well, you know, good luck with that. So, what's the, in the future for um, for Rand Media?
3: Sure. I mean, Rand Media Group. We are are just expanding sort of through word of mouth. I mean, we're going to do uh, a few other things. Um, we're going to put together a, a few research projects um, to kind of demonstrate the knowledge that we've built up. Um, and we're just kind of at a steady clip, just growing nicely, um, continuing to service our clients and, and you know hope that they are... Uh, offer their uh, their recommendations in the way that they have so far, so that we can grow that. And we're looking to you know for bite-sized PR, we need to grow uh, rapidly. So uh, we're looking to do the same thing with that.
2: Wonderful. And um, now you said in the beginning of your of the of the show that you had a background in, in finance, and I found sure. that kind of interesting because you no, know, I rarely get that on my show. I get people who are former journalists and people who are you know writers and all this kind of thing, or sales, but rarely finance. How has that come into play in your business? Um,
3: I you know I think that part of it is the it's been helpful in the the data driven piece of what we do. I mean, we try to our, our decisions. Um, while we have to start out with a gut feel, we try to confirm it with data. I think that's been very helpful. A lot of this stuff um, is sort of um, number intensive, and so I think that that's helped. Um, other than that, I you know I don't know how much it's helped, or you know I don't I don't know.
2: Well, probably, you know, it sounds like you know your your own analytics in terms of you know your your own metrics of what you have to make to you know make the the business viable, and you're good at analyzing your own business, and probably it comes into play with your metrics and your analytics for clients. I mean, it's very mathematical, I think. Yeah. Can drive me crazy. That's why I always bring in people like you when I have a client that needs that. <laughs> Absolutely. I say, you know, I got a guy for you because this is not me. Anyway, we're going to have to uh, stop the show because uh, uh, we were, we're running out of time. But my guest was Ryan Evans, founder and president of Rand Media Group. Check out the website randmediagroup.com and check out his bite-sized PR. Um, and uh, I just want to thank my uh, wonderful um, engineer Matt Weidner and my executive producer John Missile. He's just the best. And um, don't forget. Go to prinsider.biz, sign up for weekly reminders, and don't forget to relate to your public, whoever they may be. This is your host, Maureen Kettis. Check us out next week, Friday, 1
1: o'clock.
0: Thanks, Maureen. Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week.